You are Locked On Chargers, your daily Los Angeles Chargers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special Friday episode of Locked On Chargers. Today, I did a crossover episode with Locked On Bills, and without further ado, here's the audio from that session. Welcome back to another special edition of Locked On Bills. Uh, this is a crossover show today with the Locked On Chargers, uh, introducing Matthew Stanley over uh, Locked On Chargers. Matt, how you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And for all intents and purposes, we'll call you Stanley today, all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stanley's, uh, it's it's what I go by. It's what everybody knows me as. So yeah, let's let's do that. Absolutely. And as always, you know, our, our, our fans love these lockdown shows. Uh, they love these crossover shows. They love getting an insight from a different, you know, a team we don't really play that often. You know, the Bills don't really play the Chargers every three years. We don't seem to play in that uh, same placed game very often right. uh, when you're playing the other two teams and you're in the AFC. So it is cool to get the perspective. You know, we'll probably ask you a little bit about the move. Um, you know, some of your input on the stadium and, you know, some of that stuff going on too, as you know, we don't get a lot of coverage on the West coast there for that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, so we'll start, we'll start with that. I mean, how, how did you transition from San Diego to LA and how did that go for you and your fan base? So, I mean, it's been really rough. Uh, there's a lot of animosity in the fan base right now. Like there's, there's a lot of infighting right now because a lot of people want to continue just rooting for the chargers, but a lot of people have a lot of loyalty to San Diego. And so, that's just a, a big choice that a lot of San Diegans and Chargers fans had to make is, you know, do I choose my city or do I find a way to still love the Chargers? I mean, I kind of had it a little e easier. Uh, I grew up a military brat and I was in the military. So I've kind of always been a Chargers fan from afar. So while it was kind of rough seeing them leave, um, it was a lot easier for me to just, you know, come to terms with that, that, that they're in LA now. Uh, but yeah, we see, we see a lot of people split down the aisle. Um, and, uh, the good thing is that everyone who's mad is finding a way to focus that anger on Dean Spanos, the owner, because that's that's who ultimately forced this decision. And so the players like who didn't really have any control of it haven't been taking much heat, which is which is good to see. Absolutely. And, you know, what what's going on? So if you're a pro San Diego guy, are you not wishing them well or kind of what? Are you picking what what are you doing? Are you going to the ramp? Like what's what's the mindset there if you're still watching football? There so there's a lot of people that are actually like actively rooting against the Chargers uh, from San Diego. Um there's a bunch of San Diego fans that just they went out and found other teams to root for. Uh, I know personally I know a couple people that became Broncos fans. I know a couple people that became Dolphins fans. Um there are some that decided to root for the LA uh for the Rams. Um yeah, so it's I mean, I've kind of seen a little bit of everything like it, there haven't been super strong trends other than the people that are like that are still rooting for the Chargers or, you know, they're they're still upset with the organization, but they still like to root for the team. And then everybody else is just so upset that they're just done with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for us, it, it's it's really in the top of mind, of, as the Bills were mentioned, as a potential move candidate for a while to Toronto. Um, you know, I actually am on air in Toronto here in a couple hours to uh, go on and give some thoughts about the Bills. So th they're an active audience in the Bills fan base. Um, and there was some rumblings that Bon Jovi would buy our team and, you know, eventually move them up to eventually slowly move them up to Toronto quickly got 
thwarted right when Terry Pagula, the owner of the Sabres, purchased the Bills and said, absolutely not, putting a ton of money into the team. Uh, Erie County, which is the county the Bills play in, kept the team here. Um, and potentially a huge stadium will be built. At some point, we don't know where, if it'll stay in the suburbs where our stadium actually is now or if they'll move downtown to where a very uh, – Buffalo's on the on the rebirth. Um, there's a lot of cool things going on here. So it is really interesting for us as Bills fans to kind of see your opinion on this whole thing. Um, you know, do you, do you have any ill will toward the NFL? Anything toward – um, I mean, Roger Goodell I, or any, I, I definitely think there's tons of blame to go around. I mean, Dean Spanos obviously saw the dollar signs and wanted to bail, but you also have to blame the politicians in San Diego. I mean, they, it, it, if you want to look at how inept they are, they had basically a completely paid for proposal to bring a soccer stadium there and an expansion MLS team that wouldn't have required any new taxes. And they still couldn't even get that passed. So right. it's just, it's, there's a lot of blame to go around. I thought the NFL, like the only thing I blame the NFL for is coming out so hard with their kind of dog and pony show saying like, Oh no, we appreciate San Diego. We love you guys. We want to try and do what we can to keep the chargers here. And then you saw how obvious it was that they, that was crap. Like they were just going to do yeah. what, what shook out, you know, that's a bummer. And you know, we, we in Buffalo always support small markets, you know, whether believe it or not, St. Louis, who, who actually had to move as well. Um, yeah, I guess Oakland to a smaller extent, Cincinnati, et cetera. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's always, it's always a bummer to see, um, you know, that happen. And, you know, obviously it's different, you know, it's not the same. All, all I see is, you know, your limited crowds there in LA and kind of look at that as you get that on the schedule and you're like, well, that's but team aside, that's a small break that you're not going to get that crazy crowd that's going to get in your face. And like you would in like Arrowhead. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, it, you saw like it, you definitely saw watching the games and hearing the players talk about it afterwards. I mean, I think the the first two or three teams that the Chargers played in L.A. at that at, at the Galaxy Stadium there in in uh, at StubHub, all of the players, even players from the other team, were talking about how it felt like a home game for them because it just got mobbed with all these fans from the opposing team more so even than it was in San Diego the last couple of years, and. I mean, there, I think the capacity is capped at like 25,000 seats right now. So it's oh. super tiny environment, but they're having a really hard time attracting those local fans up there. And so you get a lot of transient fans who are like, yeah, I'd love to go to LA to watch a game. And uh, yeah, it's it's been kind of rough. Like the, the Chargers basically expressed some relief on their first road trip because they were like, it, it'll be nice to, you know, <laughs> go somewhere where we can expect to be, you know, the the visiting team. Absolutely. And, you know, transitioning to the game a little bit, I, I actually was covering the Bills the last time the Chargers were here. It had to have been three years ago now. Um, and it was a really windy, crazy day in October. Um, Philip Rivers came in and handled it no problem. And something I like to say with uh, weather is that I, oft, I often say, unless you have a top 10 quarterback, it works against us here in Buffalo. A lot of people, you know, back in the Jim Kelly days and, you know, the Bills were, were high octane in the 90s. Uh, the weather can work against us. So I, I'm actually looking forward to having, you know, great weather playing there and a low key crowd kind of just worrying about the game and getting into the matchups and uh, really seeing what happens as I know, you know, LA and has Anthony Lynn, Cardell Jones, a couple of storylines, Chris Harrison came out, you know, I think he's on IR, right. Yeah. Uh, came out and basically said the bills will find a way to choke as always, um, you know, because <laughs> he played up in Buffalo and, you know, they'll always find a way to ruin their stretch where it ruined their five and two start, which they've already started to with two straight losses. Um, and, you know, alluding to the quarterback change in Nathan Peterman, um, you know, getting into your team a little bit. I mean, the, with the chargers, is this a do or die game? I mean, you've probably played a couple of them now, but if they lose to the bills, kind of lose that tiebreaker, go to, you know, three and seven, is that, is that it? Or, or do you already kind of feel it's it? 
Uh, so I kind of already feel it's it because it, because of what, what this team has done to lose. I mean, playoff teams and good teams that that are going to make runs, they find ways to win, and it seems like the Chargers find ways to lose every week. Um, at this point, they're two games behind the Bills for that for that sixth place playoff spot. They're three games behind the Chiefs in the AFC West, um, and so it it it's looking pretty out of hand at this point. Um, I will say that if they win this week and can start to put on, I mean, it, they have an outside chance yet. Like obviously they're not mathematically eliminated, but if they lose this week, it's going to be a really big damper on their spot on their, their playoff chances. And I'm pretty sure it's, you know, writing's pretty much on the wall at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're familiar with just staying in the hunt. That's something that's commonly made fun of around here in Buffalo is that we're always in the hunt. We're always four and four, five and five, six and five, always right there, may, willing to make a move. And as Chris Harrison alluded to, that they just never can get it done. Always a couple of game losing streak, always some turmoil within your your team and, and changing quarterback position. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, in our chat box here, a lot of people are wondering is about Peterman. And we'll get into that in a minute as, you know, we were kind of talking early in the week and in a, a storyline that was like, a could have been a tie rod versus a Cardell or a tie rod versus a Kellen Clem and it just flipped Philip Rivers comes back I just saw the Chargers tweet that he's cleared um, yep. fully to play which is you know as to be expected really pretty much all week once Wednesday came I think everyone expected that but kind of flipped the story now now you have a Rivers versus Peterman uh, and, and what is that intriguing at all to you as a, as a Chargers fan or is it just kind of you know whatever run of the mill you know so it, it, we, we had a lot of talks about it earlier in the week when when it looked like Rivers wasn't going to play um, I was pretty vocal that I really, really wanted to see Cardale play because not only for the storyline of, of you know him and Anthony Lynn coming back to play, play Buffalo again, but just the fact that, I mean, Kellen Clemens is also a 34-year-old quarterback. He's like, he's near the end of his career as it is. He's nothing but a career backup. So I, I was pretty strongly opinionated that if you're going to, if the rivers isn't going to go, you put Cardale Jones in because you got to see what you have in him. I mean, it's the, with the draft coming up this year and with how rivers play is kind of on the decline and how old he is, you're taking a quarterback this year. So you need to see what you have there. Um, but with rivers playing now, I, <laughs> I, I almost unfortunately say that the chargers have a pretty good chance to win now uh, because I mean, R rivers is, you know, he, yep. he, even though he makes those mistakes at the end of games, sometimes he, when Rivers is in the game, you have a chance to win. So Yeah, you're looking at it simple. I mean, it, 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 Rivers will have to do something that gives the game back to the Bills. Um, the Bills are very opportunistic beside their last two games. You know, one of the best turnover teams in the league. We'll find ways to punch the ball out, really good at fumbles, um, really good at turning teams over. Micah Hyde is, I believe, still second in the NFL interceptions. Cornerbacks have been playing very well. So, you know, Phillips got to be careful with some of those, those risky throws. I mean, if he's just safe, uh, use, uses his checkdowns. Austin Eckler, very, our zone defense will let up a ton of yards. Um, if he'll take it, won't risk it. Um, you know, use Melvin Gordon, you know, things like that. Matchups just, I mean, it's just kind of the Josh McCown strategy, which the Bills took care of the, the, the Jets the first time they played and the second time around is completely different as they didn't take any risks and, uh, kind of, the knock against Tyrod Taylor is he doesn't take risks. He's actually one of the lowest turnover quarterbacks in the NFL history. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but we have to have him take risks. So I, I kind of look at Philip Rivers the opposite, wouldn't you? Where someone that does take risks, someone that's willing to make those throws, doesn't really care, um, has a great arm, trusts his arm strength and talent. Um, it, it, that's that's a that's pretty appropriate still in his career, right? Yeah, I mean Rivers is definitely one to play hero ball, uh, especially late in the game. Um, the, the biggest problem now is that with his age and, and his, you know, that unique throwing motion, he's starting to lose a lot of velocity on those deep balls. 
and combine that with the fact that the Chargers wide receivers just haven't been good this year at bringing down the deep ball. They don't really have anybody anymore who can go down and then fight for those uh, those contested catches. Keenan Allen's pretty good at the contested catch, but where he makes his money is uh, winning right at the line of scrimmage and having good route running and winning on those short and intermediate routes. The deep threats, Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin, they're just not good at coming down with the contested catch. And then Ricky Mike Williams, who is, he's another one of those contested catch guys. He's pretty good at that, but he's just, he's, he looks extremely slow. He's still trying to get into football shape. I mean, they, they had him on a really strict pitch count during the summer because he had that back injury. And so he just, he looks extremely sluggish. So he's not, he's another guy who's not going to, you know, bring you anything in a deep passing game. So it's, it's the combination of all of that, of, of Rivers decline and not having reliable deep targets. Absolutely. And I mean, what's interesting is that plays fine for you guys against the Bills. We, we won't let that up. We generally don't want to, outside of, you know, I, Julio Jones went out early and again, Trey White played a really great game against him. AJ Green kind of got behind us, but he's one of the best in the NFL. Outside of that, there hasn't been much production. Um, you know, we're going to take away that deep stuff. So it, it is going to be a game where fine. I mean, I, if you got to give it to Keenan Allen, kind of feed him, give him the ball five to seven yards. Jarvis Landry seems to always make sure he takes care of us in that department uh, when we play the Dolphins. So, I mean, I think that that's a similar type of game. It's funny that records aside that the game's kind of flipped a little bit where the, the line went up to, I believe, five points that I saw uh, in the Chargers' favor, um, which, you know, puts the Bills as an, at an underdog, even though they're in the sixth wild card spot. Bizarre week for um, the Bills, the media, national media actually playing a huge role into actually feeling some... Um, like the, like the Bills made the wrong move already without Peterman playing a game. And to me, I think the Chargers have a pretty solid defense. I haven't had much problems with it. I've watched a few of their games, and I, I think they play solid football. Um, there's you know there's a few holes like every team, but um, well, most. But it, they should be able to – I mean, the only challenge for the Chargers are, are knowing what Peterman's going to bring. Is there any element of, like, who knows what this guy can do? Yeah, so, I mean, Anthony Lynn talked about it a couple times this week during press conferences is that – you know, he, he was saying, like, he, first of all, Anthony Lynn was flabbergasted that they made the choice. Like, he's obviously a Tyrod Taylor fan uh, from when he was in Buffalo. And so, I mean, he he almost looked upset that the choice was made when they first asked him about this on Tuesday. Um, but he he's brought up multiple times that they're having to go back and look at preseason tape on Peterman to, just to kind of see what they've got. Um, they are preparing for both because... I mean, just like the Chargers, it's pretty much a must win. It's a pretty much a must win for the Bills, too. If you're, you guys have to stay ahead of everybody else. Um, and so if if Peterman's showing struggles, I, I don't see why they wouldn't bring Tyrod Taylor in because the season's not out of hand at this point, so you need to win the game. If Peterman struggles, you can't just be like, oh, it's a learning opportunity. So they are preparing for both quarterbacks, and uh, it's going to be an interesting challenge. The The Chargers' defense is definitely on the upswing uh, with the return of uh, Denzel Perryman. I mean, he 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 just brought a ton back last week. The, the Chargers' run defense had been pretty bad this, this year, and then Denzel Perryman came back last week, had four run stops by himself. He caused two others by blowing up plays. He had eight solo tackles, and then he just elevated the play of everybody around him. Jatavis Brown's another good linebacker that the Chargers have, but he'd been playing kind of down this year and there were rumors that he was kind of hurt or whatever. But when Denzel Perryman came in the game last week, he looked like he did last year when he was, I think fourth in the league in tackles. I mean, he was just all over the field. He looked great. Um, and so it'll be a really interesting matchup. And I, I think the most frustrating part is it's hard to predict what's going to happen in the game because the Chargers' biggest problem so far has been play calling. It hasn't actually been the players. It's been making stupid decisions at stupid times. 
Right. And I mean, if you look at the matchups, you know, which we'll get into now, I mean, so you, you mentioned Perryman, is he taking over for Brown a little bit or is he, I mean, are you in a lot of base? Can you, can you explain to, you know, you know, our users and I mean, I guess even your own, like what, what is your defensive scheme there? Are you in, you know, nickel? I mean, what, what, what does it look like? I mean, I see Trey Boston in your lineup, a guy that, you know, chose between the bills and the chargers back in mm-hmm. uh, when he was cut. Um, so, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, are you, are you running a nickel defense? Like what kind of, what do we, what can we expect? So the Chargers had been running um, prior to uh, Denzel Perryman coming back. The Chargers uh, most used formation actually on defense was a four, one, six where they had, they only had one linebacker on the field and then, which was usually Hayes Pollard. And then they had a bunch of DBs all over the field. A lot of safeties playing up in the box. Um, now with Denzel Perryman back, they actually have a reliable run stopping linebacker that they can use. And so last week there was a, a little bit more of a decline of that. They played a little bit more nickel, uh, where they had just had Jatavis Brown and Denzel Perryman on the field. Uh, but they actually played, I think it, it was the most base I saw last week of just the four, three with Corey Toomer, Denzel Perryman and, and Jatavis Brown on the field. Um, and I mean that it it worked pretty well. The the one thing that they gave up a lot that, that the Chargers have struggled with all season is passes over the middle and uh, outlet passes to running backs and tight ends funny, because yeah. the linebackers have not been great at containing those underneath. And so if the all those short underneath passes have been going for chunks and chunks of yards against the Chargers, they they've been pretty good at taking away the deep threat and they're getting a lot better at stopping the run. But everything over the middle of the field is is has been pretty wide open. That's funny. I mean, that's a spot that Tyrod Terrell worked exclusively at this offseason. Um, actually is a fairly decent deep ball thrower, um, but started to focus a little bit more on that checkdowns and got railed for it, checking it down too much. Would have matched up pretty well, got would have broken contain, would have been able to beat, you know, get outside of your pass rush, kind of do things. It, it, to me, it's a very strange time to make a quarterback move. And, um, you know, I'm one that's against this move at this point. So I would have liked to see that. I mean, that would have matched up well with what you're saying there and defensively um, that they would have thrown to LaShawn McCoy, Charles Clay, little dump off options, you know, players that can make things happen in space. Um, you know, and you know, we're going to get that taken away with someone like Peterman, who's going to release the ball a lot quicker, probably going to try his best to make sure the pass rush is kind of limited by releasing the ball. I mean, Tyrod Taylor, 3.1 seconds, the best in the NFL. I mean, he bought his own time. He's going to run around basically what the saints and the jets, the jets, I should say, put on tape was rush five, right? Make sure you're bringing guys around the edge. So you can't break contain. If he runs up the middle. Okay. So be it. We'll give you 10 yards up the middle, um, but he's not going to break contain. He's not going to run back there in circles uh, like Russell Wilson and, you know, take 3.1 seconds to throw the ball on average. Um, you know, there's many plays where he was getting four and five seconds um, and then dumping it off, which to, to Bill's fans dismay, they didn't like that. I mean, they wanted a quick release. They want to find Kelvin Benjamin, someone that they traded for to, to, to make a playoff push. They, they didn't trade for Cal. Like you mentioned, they're still in the thick of it. Making a move to Peterman, how long, how long of a leash does he get if he's down seven late in the game and he's not moving the ball or 14? Do you bring in Tyrod Taylor? I mean, that's, I mean, Anthony Lynn thinks so. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that they have to, to continue to, to move the ball if, if Peterman's not, but. I, I do believe, I do believe McDermott will give Peterman an entire game. It'd have to be pretty bad okay. um, for him to to. That's why I think a lot of Bills fans thought it was funny that Lynn was preparing for for Tyra. But I just don't. Sure. Tyra Taylor is one of those quarterbacks where you can't not prepare for him because if he gets in the game, you're completely right. out of, out of sync. If he's running around the edge, you're not playing that style of defense. Um, I mean, it, it could turn into a mess. So I, I understand where where Lynn's coming from to make sure we don't we don't sneak him in there in the second or third quarter, and all of a sudden it's a completely different game plan. I, I get it. 
Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. And and I thought it was an interesting time to change too because the Chargers have not been good against mobile quarterbacks the last couple of years. I mean, they make Alex Smith look like Russell Wilson whenever they play him. And it's uh, it was kind of interesting to see if they go to Nathan Peterman, um, especially with the pass rush the Chargers have. I mean, I, I can't think of a more stressful situation to put a rookie quarterback in than having Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram coming at him, you know, hair on fire. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if – more power to him if he, if he can stand in there and and you know keep poised and and make some good plays but it's uh it's definitely going to be a trial by fire for peterman on sunday yeah i mean a lot of and a lot of bills fans will say tyra just doesn't fit the west coast offense we need someone to get the ball out of his hands quickly uh receivers aren't going to be glaringly open with the style of offense we run uh, limited route sometimes i mean you're getting you know benjamin who's already not a separation receiver you need to throw him the ball because he's going to make the play and you know tyra quite frankly didn't have that rapport with him um, so we're we're looking forward to Peterman, uh, you know, basically going in there and in and the one or two drives he had against the Saints, who were playing really good defensively, um, you know, he threw it right up to Calvin and they moved the ball and scored a touchdown. So uh, you know, a lot of a lot of Bills fans are very excited to see him play with the West Coast offense. Um, not so many three and outs. I mean, Tyrod leads the league in three and outs. A lot of the national media only says looks at his stat line. He doesn't turn the ball over. Pretty good, decent yards, including his rushing yards. Um, you know fairly good ratios you know pff ranks him well um you know a lot of times they don't they don't remember the thing how the stress he puts on a defense on a defense like a defensive coach like sean mcdermott's like we're always on the field here he's he's three and out um he's going to do safe very safe things if we're not getting turnovers if phillips not turning the ball over you know it would have been a game where lots of three and outs on the road um it would have worn down the defense again which is supposed to be the strength 13 hasn't been in the last two weeks so um the, the bills can very easily put this game away with those turnovers but without i mean it's advantage chargers yeah yeah i mean that's that's definitely how i see it right now too um is that you know if if everything goes according to plan which it normally does not for the chargers but if everything goes according to plan i definitely see an advantage chargers um and i i think i i honestly think it's really good for the chargers right now to be facing the bills uh, defense because Melvin Gordon has been really on the downslope and I think he has a big conf- uh, confidence issue right now. And so going against a rushing defense that's given up 194 yards and then 298 yards back in back-to-back weeks, um, it, it, unless Sean McDermott finds a way to solve that pretty quickly, um, that could be a, a good thing for for Melvin Gordon to get going there. Absolutely, and that's a player that Bills fans aren't looking forward to facing. I thought it was interesting. He wasn't getting a lot of playing time last week. Austin Eckler, I noticed, was on the field a lot. Um, You would know more than me what that scenario is. Um, It it is kind of a double-edged sword, though, because the Bills have been very good at stopping the run prior to those two games. They were probably first through. So um, it is interesting because we don't know which Bills team is going to show up. And unfortunately, what Sean McDermott does is speak a lot of a lot of consistency. And, he, you know, he wants, you know, he copies that Bill Belichick mantra of 111th and, you know, that whole thing. And, you know, you didn't sure. see that last week. He went and blamed one player pretty much in our quarterback play and said, made our defense worse, made our receivers worse, made our offensive line worse. <laughs> um, so we're going to we're going to sit him down to make sure to see if if that was the issue. I think that's more what it is for the Bills. They're like, OK, we played so well through seven games, beat some, you know, beat the Raiders. We beat some good teams. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, beat the Falcons on the road. All of a sudden it stops. Is it Tyrod? Our team's adjusting to Tyrod. Is it the three and ounce? We need to see if it's the quarterback position because sure, it could be affecting every single facet of the game. It could be putting the defense on the field more. 
that could be struggling. You know, teams are stacking the box against LaShawn McCoy. Does it open him up if if you notice Peterman able to get the ball out quickly? So those are the kind of things that the Bills made the decision, and that's why they picked the Chargers game uh, to do so. They wanted that. You know, Sean McDermott alludes to it as a winning move. He doesn't think of it as as a as a way to look at your future quarterback or what you have in him. He looks at it like Tyra or uh, like Nathan Peterman comes in, makes the Bills a better team in the West Coast offense, um, and gives them a better chance to win. Is that as an outsider? Is that something you think, or did you do you see that? Well, I mean, regardless of whether it is or not, that's definitely the attitude you have to come out with. You you have to show your rookie quarterback that hey, we have every confidence in the world in you, and we're not just giving you the keys for a test drive. We're, we're this, this is now your car. Like you go out there and be the best driver you can be. And uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely think that, I mean, I, we have a lot of respect for Sean McDermott. Uh, a lot of us, especially those of us that write for bolster in the blue, we actually, we really wanted Sean McDermott to come in and be the head coach. Um, and so, I mean, I obviously think he's, he's smart enough that, he's not just, you know, doing this without any good reasoning. He honestly believes that Nathan Peterman is going to help the bills the most this week. And so that's the decision he made. And I mean, it's, he definitely, like you said, he, he, he was playing with a lot more accuracy last week than, than Tyra Taylor was when he came out, he, he had some confidence. He got the ball out quickly and accurately um, on those short and intermediate routes out to his, out to the, the wider, especially the wide receivers out on the edge. Um, and, uh, so that's going to be really important to watch this week, especially with the pass rush. Absolutely. And I mean, getting into a little bit more, some, some more matchups just individually, um, one that I like for the bills. I mean, we've spoken about a few that might benefit the chargers with your pass rush. Um, you know, tough, challenging matchup for a rookie quarterback Mm -hmm. to go in there and make sure he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But looking at your offensive line, speak a little bit to me about that. Why? I mean, I've noticed you have some guys that are hurt. Um, throughout the year, it looks like a pretty patchwork line. PFF ranks them low. Can you talk to me about your offensive line and, you know, how are they in pass? How are they in run? Is that, is that an advantage to a defensive team that's able to put pressure on them? So I definitely think right now, um, the pass rush is much better than the, uh, than the, the run blocking. Um, the, uh, the, the run blocking has suffered recently, especially because, um, they, they've had to now put their third round rookie in at left guard. He's only started two games there now. Um, they have an undrafted free agent from last year who's playing center and Spencer Pulley, who he's been kind of banged up lately. And he had probably his worst game of the season last week. I mean, Marcel Darius basically picked him up and tossed him around uh, like a rag doll. And then Kenny Wiggins at right guard, he's kind of been overperforming um, this year. He, I mean, he looks like an average right guard. And prior to this year, he's never looked even close to average. Uh, he's been really bad. So he's overperforming right now. The, the big thing at, is at right tackle, uh, the Chargers, who was supposed to be the starting tackle, was Joe Barksdale, but he's been dealing with turf toe, and it's just been lingering now for almost two months, and it's one of those injuries that, I mean, he goes out and, like, everything's good. Like, he, he rested during the bye week, and then he came back and practiced uh, one day before the Jags game, and and it flared up again, and so he hasn't played since. So they've, they've shut him down now for a couple weeks, so they have um, – Michael Schofield playing right tackle and he's been serviceable, but the, the biggest thing in the pass rush is that the chargers have been, uh, and this is, this will explain another, another thing that I noticed on, on your guys show yesterday. Um, part of the reason why Hunter Henry has been getting so few targets in the past game is the chargers have been holding him in a lot to help out the right tackle. Um, and he's been down on the line on, on the line pass blocking. Um, and so the, basically, the it's been really hard for teams to get uh pressure on uh philip rivers i mean the jacksonville jaguars led the league in sacks going into last week and they didn't sack rivers once because 
The pass rush is doing just good enough, and Phillip Rivers leads the league in throwaways. So he's been really good at feeling the pressure and getting rid of the ball uh, before the team can come down with a sack. But yeah, the, the run game has been kind of an issue lately, especially lately, um, because that blocking just hasn't been able to open up good holes and it gets compounded because Melvin Gordon doesn't have the best vision. So even if there's a hole that he should have been able to squeeze through, he hasn't been seeing them. And so that's just making it worse. Yeah. And I mean, a guy, I mean, you have five tight ends on your roster. That's crazy yep. to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's I mean, crazy to us too. Hey, uh, that's, that's nonsense. You're using a lot of roster spots there. I mean, I, I always think four is a lot. I think three is the right number, but five, man. I, I don't remember that from Anthony Lynn. Yeah, um, and they had two inactive last look, week, too. So they just they just wasted two roster spots last week. It was ridiculous. It's very interesting. Um, I, They need them. I mean, I think, I, I mean, you have a longtime Jeff Cumberland, and you have a couple of guys there that, I mean, I guess you feel like you need on your roster. Another guy you have is Brandon Oliver, a UB uh, native guy very that I know very well. Um, you went to school with him actually. Um, he was younger than me, but I'm um, a guy I followed exclusively. I'm a UB graduate actually. Very so, good. um, someone I follow very closely, um, actually UB has potentially a first round pick receiver on a guy that's following in the footsteps of an Antonio Brown, um, in the Mac, I mean, Anthony Johnson, it's Jadavian Clowney's, um, cousin. So, okay. so UB does create talent, Khalil Mack, um, Bo yeah. Oliver, Tell me about Bo. I mean, I see he lost a spot to Austin Eckler, but is he anyone that's still utilized in your offense at all? Or is he? So what, what's weird? He... To, what's weird to us is they've kind of shut Bo down, and they've actually been activating Andre Williams instead of Bo. Um, and I think that's just more of a Lynn connection because Andre Williams was in New York when Anthony Lynn was there. Um, or no, sorry, yeah, he, yeah. Um, and so it, they have that connection there, and Bo just he, like I think it's kind of one of he he's fallen victim to kind of one of those situations of he's a holdover from the last regime and he's there if we need him, but he's not really my guy. Um, and with how well Austin Eckler has been doing, it, he would have been the third running back anyway. So it's, he's just kind of, you know, it, it's been kind of a bad circumstance for him. Um, I, I mean, he, he always provided, you know, a good spark when they threw him in the game. He, he was a good change of pace back. Um, but yeah, that's uh He's, I, I think his time in San Diego is probably, you know, drawing to a probably close done. here. Yeah, take, send him back up here. We'll take him. I mean, we seem to have done business, low end business before with Cardale Jones. So, um, <laughs> send him up here. We're glad we, one, one topic we can, you know, quickly address, you know, Mike Tolbert, our second running back slash second mm-hmm. fullback slash special teamer who no one in Buffalo is appreciative of, even though he's a fairly <laughs> decent special teamer. Um, we're actually looking at it as an opportunity that he scratched and giving uh, our, our new receiving back, Traveris Cadet, a try mm-hmm. um, because we just, we just cannot do the stretch runs. He cannot play well. He can't, he can't back up LaShawn McCoy. He can't do the runs that we need him to do to kind of breathe them. Um, so we're looking forward to cadet. So that's where really where, Hey, send up Bo our way. Um, take a little late line draft pick or something for him because we definitely need a backup running back. And um, if he's, if he's being squandered there, I know, I know we'd, we'd love to have him up here, um, yeah. bring him back home. So, um, I mean, there, there's some, there's some interesting matchups. I mean, I, I know that you, it, the season's borderline on the brink and, you know, kind of over for the chargers, but, one win, and you're you bring some light back onto it. You're four and six. You now have the tiebreaker over the Bills, um, who are in the, still in the playoff position at five and five. You have you have the pretty poor Ravens there. I mean, you never really know what could happen, right? Yeah, I mean, some of the the, the teams in between the Chargers and the Bills, none of them look particularly strong. I mean, the, the Raiders are basically a 50-50 team at this point. The Dolphins are garbage. Um, the, uh, uh, the Ravens, yeah, like are up and down. So, I mean, it's, if they can get on a roll, it's doable. And the Chargers don't have 
they don't have very tough matchups for the rest of the year. I mean, uh, like I mentioned before we got on, we have there's still a game bef- against the, both the Chiefs and the Raiders left. There's uh, the Chargers play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving next week um, at, without Ezekiel Elliott and possibly without Tyron Smith. He's he's already been scratched for this week still, so they might be without their left tackle. And they, I mean, they they gave up six sacks to Adrian Claiborne last week without Tyron Smith. So yeah, I mean, imagine what Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram can do against that. Um, hey, that's what I'm saying. I, I just, yeah. I just don't know that. As looking at maybe normally it could be looking at the AFC right now. I mean, you're you're looking up at a bad Dolphins team, a pretty poor Ravens team, a Bills team that's we don't know. I mean, we don't know what could happen. We don't. We won't. We'll know more after the Chargers game. We won't know what the move to Peterman really meant and if they're back on track or or if they're you know going to be right in that middle, of the five and five middle of the 500 teams. So. You know, there, there, there's rooms there. I mean, I, th- I really think the Chargers season's on the line here. And it's funny to say at three and six, but losing here pretty much knocks them out, puts the Bills three games and the tiebreaker ahead. Um, it would, would, would knock them out, you know, not mathematically, but pretty pragmatically. So, yep. But with a win, I mean, that yeah, puts... With a, with a win, there's a ton of hope going forward. Um, especially because, I mean, like we've discussed, the Chargers have so many wins by three points or less. I mean, they're just, they're so close to winning so many games. And it's it, they're not they're not getting blown out by those really good teams. I mean, they they lost to the Patriots in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, and they barely lost to um, they they split the series with the Broncos. Who I mean, they have a really good defense, but their their offense has been crap. Um, they just they've pretty much been in every game. The only game they haven't they weren't really in was the game versus the Chiefs, where the Chiefs kind of just like um blew them out of the water there at the beginning of the season but this defense is really buckled down and gives them a chance to win every week and it's just a matter of is the play calling going to be good enough and is rivers going to play hero ball and, and turn the ball over yeah locked on we like to say you know it's between four and six plays right it's the it's the four and six plays that change the game that really aren't talked about enough so we like to try to address them it's a turnover that was awful it's a penalty that really changed the game it's a missed third down or or some type of play that that instead of making it a seven point game turns it into a 14 point game or something like that. I mean, and those, those are the kind of plays that we have to see what happens this week, because I do think this is another four to six play game um, Mm -hmm. where if it goes all the bills ways, I'd envision the bills being able to take, take that, take it away. But if it doesn't, um, you know, if it goes the charge way, I anticipate them being able to win in the seven to 10 point range. So um, it it is interesting. See if, if Phillip is back and, 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 thinking through his reads and it is full strength, even though he was cleared. I always am wary with, with concussions. I don't think they're anything to mess around with, regardless of your team's record. Um, I do think it's one of the most underratedly uh, ineffective injury that makes your, you can't play through, right? It's not talked about. It's very tough to play through. If you're not thinking clearly, if you're not seeing your reads, um, especially for a quarterback. So I, I, I am interested to see if he is fully cleared, if he is, you know, able, you know, quote unquote himself, um, and able to you know do the things where he's throwing it away, not taking sacks, not getting hit too hard. And I I didn't envision the Bills coming after him. I I don't think we're gonna oh, yeah. let let him sit back there anymore. We're, we're sick of it. Uh, we let Josh McCown basically do whatever he wanted. You know we're not we're not gonna probably allow that to happen in this game. If if we die by it, you know so be it. Let, you know let him let him win, being good. Um, you know rather than you know sitting back in a soft zone and and sure. hoping he misses a throw over the middle like we saw from Marcus Mariota last night against the Steelers uh missing throws and you know the Steelers just beat him on their on his own so 
Yeah, yeah, no, that that's definitely going to be the strategy to do. I mean, it, both teams basically just need to dial it up and go after the quarterback. With Rivers, you're dealing with a quarterback who's coming out of the concussion protocol. You, he may be gun shy, and I mean, he, Rivers. It, it, one thing that to to let Bills fans know is is Rivers is he's still kind of shell shocked, I guess, from how bad the pass uh, blocking has been the past few seasons. So there's been a lot of times this season where he's felt he pressure that wasn't there. Yeah, he hears footsteps, he feels ghosts, and he throws it away too early, or he forces a ball to somebody you shouldn't have, or he just, you know, runs out of the pocket. And I use the term runs loosely because when Rivers runs, it's it's like watching a baby giraffe. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, the slightest little bit of pressure really, really annoys Rivers at this point because he's just not used to having good pass protection. And so he kind of puts himself in a worse situation. And then on the flip side, the Chargers need to dial out the pass rush because Nathan Peterman's getting his first start in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you just got to attack the guy that touches the ball every single play. Yeah, and just, I mean, the key to their game is just make sure McCoy doesn't get going because if he does, that's yep. pretty much Bill's key to victory. That'll free up Peterman. That won't, that won't allow you to come after him. Yep. Um, so that's it. If, if you're able to stop him, then you dial up the pass rush, you're in great shape. Um, if he gets going... Uh, like as the Raiders felt, I mean, it can be a very long day as he went, I think, for a buck 60 on the Raiders. So, I yep. mean, it, it is interesting. And it is a very interesting dynamic that he has to be stopped because if he's not, you're never going to be able to fully get to Peterman or Tyrod or anybody else uh, because of how he's able to change a game uh, and really keep the, the sticks moving. And, and you know, the Bills will have a full complement of weapons of Charles Clay, Zay Jones, their promising rookie, um, as well as Jordan Matthews, Kelvin Benjamin, you know, a couple of guys there. So he will have plenty of talent around him. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what he can come out and do. Uh, he has a lot of rapport with players like Zay Jones and Nick O'Leary, mm-hmm. our second tight end, um, you know, and, and to a lesser extent, you know, Andre Holmes and a couple of those type of players. So it it is going to be part of the game plan to, to see if he uses these. That's part of why we're putting him in. We want him to use all of these weapons, these fringe, these fringe weapons, these guys that, you know, you guys might not be considering that need to be have special attention. But, you know, Nate Peterman might have a lot of rapport with us. He had a really good preseason, which is what, a lot of Bills fans and media, why they wanted this move to happen. He, he played really well, and, um, you know, he showed things that, you know, Tyrod hadn't showed in, you know, three and a half seasons. Sure, yeah. No, it's it's definitely going to be an, an interesting one because it's such a question mark. I mean, even even as Bills fans, you guys, don't, like, aren't really sure what you're getting. And so, uh, that I mean, that's always scary, going into a game and not really knowing anything because uh, it, it's, it's really hard to prepare for that. And so... Like you just said, uh, if, if LaShawn McCoy can can get going and take some of that pressure off Nathan Peterman, that's going to be a, a long day for the Chargers. I'm just hoping that Denzel Perryman uh, continues playing like he did last week and just boosting the play of everybody else. Um, because Absolutely. yeah, yeah, it's it's it'll be a long and and, and on, on the other side too. I mean, if if Melvin Gordon gets going, uh, it's going to be a long day for the for the Bills defense because. Rivers sure. is going to have the confidence to just, you know, dump it off to anybody he needs to and just keep handing it to Melvin Gordon and let him grind out some yards. And, and yeah. even Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler, he's the reason why last week uh, they kind of went away from Melvin Gordon at the end of the game is because Austin Eckler, he was creating for himself much better than Melvin Gordon was. Austin Eckler, he was being a lot more decisive. He was putting his foot in the ground, exploding upfield. He was showing really good balance. He was breaking tackles. And Melvin Gordon wasn't doing any of that. So it I I think you might see um Melvin Gordon be on a short leash this week. That if he can't get things going right away, I think you might see a lot of Austin Eckler pretty early. 
uh, which will be, you know, it, that'll be interesting too, because they're just such different backs. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm more worried about Gordon personally, because Eckler's a guy that we seem to match up with. Okay. Um, we, we took care of Christian McCaffrey earlier in the season. Um, we, we match up fairly decent with that type of running back, Bilal Powell, those type of guys. Um, so I, I am a little bit more worried about Melvin Gordon, him getting Gord, uh, going could be a, a really big problem as Mark Ingram, just we weren't able to bring him to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, it was more of a problem there. Even like stupid Matt Forte, um, was more of a problem than say Bilal Powell was. So, you know, so that's why I'm more worried about Gordon. If he doesn't get going, that's great news for the bills. I'll gladly take my chances with Eckler in this game for our matchup, just because of where the bills are strong. Um, but that's not to say he can't go in and be effective, um, because he's a different, he's different than both of those guys I've mentioned. So you don't really know that he's not going to be effective because Chris McCaffrey wasn't. Um, or for other players that, you know, the Bills have faced. So I am interesting to see, I am interesting to see what the, and, and I think it's game plan dependent, right? If it's a close game, you might have a different game plan than if you're up by a 10 or if you're down by 10, you might have a lot of more Eckler. So I don't really know exactly how you structure things in terms of who plays when, but, um, you know, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Gordon, to me, on your offense is key because if he'll take the pressure off, he won't do the things we were just talking about, like in terms of allowing the Bills to bring extra pressure and that kind of stuff. So, if that's the case, I, I mean, I think there's a great, fa- you know, great play in your favor to have Gordon kind of running wild, and that's really what that's the start of what the Bills what happened to the Bills. They they let these running backs run wild. The next thing you know, five and two turns to five and four, and you're losing pretty badly. Yeah, yeah, it's it is really important to get Melvin Gordon going. Uh, we found a pretty crazy stat that I think at this point in his career, uh, if Melvin Gordon doesn't get 25 touches, the Chargers are five and 25. Wow. But if Melvin Gordon gets over 25 touches. They're something like six and two. Um, and so if he gets going and they can have that confidence to keep giving him the ball, the Chargers chances of winning goes through the roof. Yep. Um, but if he if he stumbles and isn't having a great game, it's you know, it's a coin flip at that point. It, it starts to get really scary. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a great game. And, you know, before we get kind of in our last segment here, maybe some question and answer, maybe some final topics. Did want to shout out to Pro Football Focus, one of our you know sponsors here. Um, you know, they do a great job, you know, giving you this data, giving us the stuff that we talk about here on our shows. Uh, go review it, you know, at Lockdown Bills and Lockdown Chargers. Um, give some reviews, leave your Twitter handle and get a chance to win PFF Edge. Great way to debate your friends. So, you know, get in there and give that a shot. Um, you know, and check out other podcasts on the Lockdown Network. You have Lockdown Chargers, you know, beside our, our two podcasts, you have you have a lot of great stuff, Lockdown Eagles, a lot, a lot of great shows there to, to go check out and, and kind of hear everyone's opinion as some of these teams are starting to separate themselves. And, um, you know, just for the general NFL fan, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the network, you know, and, and you know, kind of get into the last you know part of the show is, you know, what, what do you think happens? I mean, are you just the unknown of Peter and makes this game pretty hard to predict um, a lot of ways? Um, it was a little bit more interesting and a little bit even, you know, with Tyrod playing. Um, but with Peterman, you know, you could it could be anywhere from a 14 to 21 point loss all the way up to the guy comes in and executes the offense perfectly and does what he needs to do. Bills get a couple turnovers and they win four by 14 on the Chargers kind of end their season that way. So, like, you know, what are you seeing? Like, what's what's kind of what's what's going on as your final thoughts here as, as we wrap up? So I, I think on paper right now, if everything goes according to plan on paper, I think the chart, this is a winnable game for the chargers. And I think they, they went, it's not going to be a runaway game. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it's more like 21, 14, maybe 21, 17, somewhere in there. Um, I just, I think the chart, the chargers defense is going to be able to do enough to contain the running game and dial up pressure on Nathan Peterman to keep the score low, uh, to, to, to force a lot of punts, 
uh, not really let the the Bills defense run away with it. And then I think on the other side that the Chargers offense probably does just enough. I think that the ground game, they'll be able to, you know, grind out a lot of clock, um, get things going in the ground game, and then hopefully get Hunter Henry involved in the red zone. And I actually think that uh, there's a good chance that Mike Williams probably gets his first touchdown this week uh, because I think he need that they're going to look at things and finally get him involved in the in the uh, pass in the passing game because Rivers needs a guy who can go up and, and get those balls. Yeah, there's no doubt that the Bills will kind of focus in on guys that are productive, so they'll do whatever they can to stop Gordon. Maybe even focus a little bit on Eckler, uh, maybe Keenan Allen to make sure mm-hmm. you know he's not going wild. But something the Bills, Sean McDermott early in his tenure has shown the ability to forget about players. Forgot yeah. about OJ Howard, and he went crazy on the bills as a backup tight end uh you know went for like 102 touchdowns um yep. as we you know the bills were focusing on other parts of the buccaneers roster um and it was just it's bizarre but you know it's similar to, to like you mentioned to williams you know it is 10 tended to be forgotten about uh, mm-hmm. forgetting about a guy that is talented um that is you know starting to come in and, and and really reduce that limitation that he has on himself or that the coaches put on him um and, and i do think this is an extra special game for lynn i don't really know what happened there if the bills chose mcdermott over lynn or if lynn chose uh, the Chargers at that point. I don't really know the timeline. No one really has it's been disputed a little bit. At, early in the process, LaCamphoria said Lynn was all but a lock to coach the Bills. A lot of a lot of Bills fans giving a lot of flack for you know basically making that bold of a statement and then swinging and missing. Um, so I, I, yeah. I do think it's a little bit, especially at a three and six season. I do think that it means a little bit more to make sure he goes out and shows what he's capable of doing. The defense that he's you know started to build um, on top of you know showing that maybe he cleans up some of that play calling though some of those play calling issues goes over with uh, with Wiz um, there and making sure that stuff's getting cleaned up and a very winnable game that's not one that they can mess some of those play calls up or, or, or if Phillips not seeing the field properly this isn't the game to do that with because the Bills will take the Bills are known yeah. to take advantage of those mistakes you won't get a second chance however if you're not doing that the Bills can falter very quickly so um, it's one where if your guys aren't holding like Austin Eckler can't have that mistake this week because yep. the Bills will be going for that ball every single play as yep. they're in the league and turnover so those are the kind of things that if those don't happen pretty good shape for the Chargers as a neutral 0-0 turnover game. Yep. Um, but if you're getting two, two to nothing, three to one favor of the Bills, you know, those are the kind of things oh, that yeah. will swing the pendulum, that five-point pendulum back over in the Buffalo Buffalo's favor because they're built to win that way um, with turnover. That's how they play to win. They'll give up the yards, but, you know, the second Rivers makes a mistake, that's when they pounce. So that's kind of the way they play, kind of counter, kind of counter defense. Uh, I kind of look at it as you like a hockey or, or soccer fan. It's kind of like more of a counter or basketball fan. Um, you know, that's kind of how the Bills play. I mean, if, if you're going to let them counter, that's going to be a long day. So it is interesting. I do think that Sean McDermott has a lot to prove here. Um, I, I do think it's a bold move. He wants to prove the national media wrong, just like Anthony Lynn might want to. Um, so that's where I think the extra motivation comes in. The Bills are fairly healthy, a very underrated storyline. We're missing our left tackle in Cordy Glenn, but he's been hurt pretty much on and off the whole season. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tolbert as well. No one really misses him. And our backup guard and John Miller. But outside of that, you know, the Bills are fairly healthy as long as Jerry Hughes suits up, who is be- easily our best front seven player right now. Um, so, I mean, if, if he goes, the team's fully – and eventually the pieces will start to get together. And it is once again, a winnable matchup for the bills. As long as Peterman's comp, uh, you know, he's competent and he's playing yeah. football that, that you didn't just make this move to, to, to lose games. Um, you know, no one really knows for sure yet. If that was the case, if they're, if they're looking, you know, for a six and 10, seven and nine finish and getting, you know, a higher draft pick and seeing what they had in Peterman, or if he will help the team run this offense. So it will be interesting and it'll be a good game. It's, it's one that's actually more anticipated than usual um, for this type of game on the road, five and four versus three and six, yeah, borderline on the brink of the season. Not 
a super important game in terms of, you know, you know, rivalries or anything, but one where you have a rookie quarterback in a playoff scenario that can actually by, by winning the bills go to six and four and four and two in the AFC and in a great commanding position of that sixth and final spot with Tennessee losing yesterday even opens up more Avenue. So it's one that the playoffs are right there for the bills. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see if that Peterman move was, and we'll see in two days here. Um, if yeah. <laughs> move for the future or if it was a move that actually helps the team now and makes them a little bit more dynamic yeah i think that's the biggest thing is it's it's so hard to predict this game because nathan peterman is such a question mark at this point and he's he's going to be the guy that literally touches the ball every play on offense for the bills so to have that big of a piece be a question mark it's really hard to see what's going to go on in this game but you're right both teams have a lot of motivation right now especially the head coaches sean mcdermott's got a lot riding on this anthony lynn has a lot riding on this quote-unquote revenge game um and uh yeah it's uh, both teams are still you know in the hunt fighting for the playoffs so there's it, it's by no means a throwaway game for either team and it's going to be a it, I, I think it'll be a really fun game to watch because yeah, i think well, i think it could be I, interesting yeah, I think these teams match up well to have an exciting game um, rather than like last week. The I, I thought that the Jaguars and the Chargers m- matched up to be a really boring game because both teams were really strong defensively and not so great offensively. They wound up, because it's the Chargers, they turned it into an exciting game for all the wrong reasons. So <laughs> we'll yeah, see what happens um, this week. Including that OT interception. I was just like, oh, man. I yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, one, one, one note I forgot to mention is I'm getting told here in the chat box, EJ Gaines is playing actually, believe it or not, he's been one of the top 30 corner. He's played really well. It fits this, this, the zone coverage very, uh, the, the bills are a better team when EJ Gaines plays. It's strange to say when we trade Sammy Watkins away for a second round pick in EJ Gaines, we didn't expect to get the return we've gotten on EJ Gaines. So yes, good, sure. good call there that he is a player that does help out, especially for those matches. We're talking about Mike Williams sneaking in or, or, you know, some of your, you know, Ty Williams or, you know, uh, Benjamin playing pretty well. So it gains does help litigate some of that, that, that error that could happen there. So him and Trey white have been a great duo. The bills four defensive backs have been great. Um, so it will be, it will be an interesting battle as, as Poyer and Mika Hyde have been very good. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to the matchup. I'm really, I'm really seeing what Philip rivers we get. I've seen the best yeah. of Philip rivers in person. Uh, I've seen some of the worst of it on TV. Um, so I'm in, interested to see if this, this concussion is, is, is a thing. If he still cares, if, he thinks the season's done at three and six. If Anthony Lynn has this extra motivation, if Sean McDermott's actually saying, no, look, I'm trying to win and win big by putting Peterman in. So there's a few storylines that aren't normal for this type of matchup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, storylines is what it's all about this week. It's, it's not just another football game. There's a lot of other things to consider this week and it's, it's just going to make it for a, a more fun game. It's going to be it's, it, like, it's, like we said, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch on Sunday. Absolutely. And, you know, let's see if there's anything going on in the chat box and take those before we take off here, guys. Um, Rivers can go for 300 plus and, and the Bills can win as long as Gordon stays under 102 touchdowns. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no, we've talked about Gordon being yeah. a, a key. Yeah, sure. Of course, Philip Rivers could go for 300. That's definitely possible and could win or lose there. I think you're right. If Gordon goes for over 100, it's pretty, pretty given. Um, let's see what else we have here. Our, our O-line struggles to pass block. Um, it's tough to tell with that one. I think that's in a Bills perspective because you don't know because Tyrod Taylor is an interesting quarterback, so you don't know how good or yeah. bad that that pass. I mean, he's just running around in circles, making people miss, buying himself time. You don't really know. So um, actually, be, that, that'll be a good task this week with a great you know defensive line, and you'll be able to tell if it's Peterman, if it's oh, yeah. Tyrod, or if it's you know what's going yeah, on there. Yeah. So, um, you know, someone says the playoff looks distant for both teams. 
probably. Probably. Fair to say, uh, although I don't like Miami or, or Baltimore very much. I do think the Bills took care of Oakland pretty easily. I don't think that this is I, – I think that these are – we'll see what happens with the Chargers, but I do think that two of these – these are two of the contending teams for this wild card spot. Um, either way, whatever happens in this game, the Bills have a really commanding position on it or puts the Chargers right back in it. Yeah, so yeah, I I agree with him before this game. I agree with whoever said that before this game. I think the playoffs looks, you know, like a long shot for 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 both teams. It kind of looks out of hand, but whoever wins this game, it looks all of a sudden really good for that team because yep. um it, it it is a good test uh, for both of these teams and whoever wins this game is in a much better position to go on a run and and secure that spot. Yep, absolutely. Um do we have want to see more screens? Yeah, okay. I think I think I mean, you could speak to the Chargers on that one. I absolutely need to get McCoy going in this. As 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 we've talked about, that could be a weakness of the Chargers. I mean, how how's your screen game? So the Chargers, what, what's interesting is the Chargers have been really good at sniffing out screens, but they haven't been good at uh, grabbing uh, at locking down running backs who go out on swing routes and are, like delayed releases. Those those purposeful. Uh, um, screen passes where you have the linemen running out the block the chargers for some reason have been really good at diagnosing those and shutting them down quickly but if you're sending the running back out late just by himself like he stays in the pass block for a minute and then just kind of fades out to the flats the chargers have been really bad at sticking with those um and that's where a lot of the passes to running backs have done the most damage against the chargers defense absolutely um i'll, I'll put this one to you someone wants to know is for the playoffs who's scarier jacksonville or the titans have you guys played both yet either way um, um better that's that's a hard one i i think the titans are probably a more balanced team but i'm just so scared of that jaguars defense they're such a good defense and um i'd be more willing to uh to concede the um the poor play of, of blake bortles whereas you know, if, if Blake Bortles has a bad day like he did last week with throwing two interceptions against the Chargers in the last two minutes of the game, they can still win because their defense is so good. Whereas Marcus Mariota throws four interceptions on uh, last night and they got completely destroyed. They just couldn't right. hang at all. So I think the Jaguars are probably the more scary team. Yeah, I agree. And the Titans, I think, have a little harder schedule with their loss yesterday. Puts them almost as bad as the AFC is, though. But it does put the Titans back in that mix. Um, would, would would actually push them all the way down to the sixth seed if the Bills win, um, would push Titans all the way down to the sixth seed. So they got some work to do in Tennessee, and I, I think I agree that Jacksonville's better, but it's just so so weird to say. I do like Fournette. I think he's a very solid player. Even yeah. though the Chargers had a really good game plan, made to put something on film, or I don't know. Um, didn't It didn't seem like they, they really got him going. Yeah, I think that was really the big addition of, of Denzel Perryman coming back, that he was just able to come downhill so hard that it really caught the Jaguars by surprise. Yep, and someone says, Cadet on third down. Yeah, Traveris Cadet, the Bills' new uh, running back. Absolutely, yep, you'll see a lot of Cadet. I mean, they'll only have two running backs active this week, so yeah. you'll have him and McCoy. So it'll be interesting. I think that's another dynamic for the Bills where the Chargers aren't don't have any film on him. He's very productive for Drew Brees. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do there. Maybe that mat goes up to the matchup thing too, with if he squeaks out of the backfield and, you know, they, they don't have any eye on, 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 on a random bills backup running back. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh, that could be an interesting part of the game. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for, uh, everyone say Poyer and Hyder do for a turnover. Yeah. They're, they're, they've been playing pretty well. Um, that's about it. I, I mean, I think give us your final score prediction and, any final real, thoughts? Real quick, uh, I had uh, two questions that uh, my guys wanted me to answer. It get answered. 
Um, sure. Besides LaShawn McCoy, who's one player on offense the Chargers need to take away if they want to win this game? I think Charles Clay. Yeah. I mean, I think they need to take okay. care of Charles Clay now that he's back and healthy. Um, he's been very good in stretches. Um, when he's going, the Bills tick at a higher pace. They're better. Um, he's a tight end one, in my opinion, fantasy. Um, if he's if he if he's healthy, I think you, you you forget about him. He's just as good as a receiver. He can go for seventy to ninety yards in a hurry. Okay, and, and then the other Charles Clay. Okay, and then the other question is: uh, we kind of already talked about this, but uh, they asked, uh, why does it seem like uh, Bills fans hate Tyrod so much and are so happy about this switch? It's the whole encompassing package. I, I think Bills fans are sick of him running around doing a checkdown, buying himself three point one seconds. Um, not fitting in the quick pass offense. They went out and traded for Benjamin and in, in, in one game, but he's not really willing to throw him the ball um, beyond the first series. So it was really interesting that we want him to throw more 50-50 balls, a little bit more like what Rivers does. Um, we want him to take, even though he's really good at it, we want him to take more deep ball throws. Um, we want a more traditional, quick release, pocket passer, three-step three step drop. And Bills, the Bills fans, I mean, look, we have a 17-year playoff drought. They're very, very ornery. Um, they give up very easily. Um, and they're, you know, they kind of feel like they know what Tyrod is a really basic 500 quarterback. I mean, he's 500. He's going to get you to eight and eight every single season, which can be good or bad. Sure. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, as far as final thoughts go, um, I, uh, like I said, I, I think this is a winnable game for the chargers. And as long as the game plan goes, as long as they have a competent game plan, which includes, you know, focusing on the running game, getting Hunter Henry more than two targets, um, and, and Philip Rivers is able to not play hero ball. I think the chargers can win this game. Um, but like I said, I don't think it's by much. So I, I, I think it's 21 Chargers scored 21, 24 points and keep the bills to 14, 17 points somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, for me, I I'm looking at a without those turnovers and I'm not going to say I'm predict any of them. I think the chargers should take this game and they should take it at home and may, might be a little different in Buffalo. I don't know. Bills are four and one at home. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if it would really change much, but like we did that whole weather element that might make Peterman worse. <laughs> I don't know, even though he played at Pitt, but I'm going 21, 20 uh, LA. Okay. Um, a really good game. They don't get the turnover they need. I, I, I see a Chargers final drive either where they sulk away the clock um, and, and then kneel on it or they kick the field goal to win. Um, I, I mean, I know that's a lot saying to hear for a Chargers fan that uh, <laughs> they will execute that final drive either in running the clock out or kicking it through to win. Um, and we know I remember those back-to-back misses earlier this year. So feel sure. for that a little bit. Um, and you know, that, that's how I see it. Unless the last one of those weird where they miss that field goal to win yeah. or uh, they don't execute and Phillip throws the ball where they fumble again or something like that. Bills have already won this year on a game like that against the Buccaneers where same type of deal tie game. Uh, they went and fumbled the ball, um, gave the bills position to, to get in shape and kick a field goal to win the opposite way. So without that, I'm not going to predict that happens. And if it does, the bills will take that field goal advantage away, but 21, 20 LA um, in a pretty good game. And I think, I think you'll see Peterman play pretty well. One final thing people wanted to know, what do you think uh, his stat line is? Uh, Nathan Peterman's stat line is if you were to predict, um, into your best ability. Um, so I'd probably think, uh, looking at what the Chargers have done this year, um, against a variety of quarterbacks, I think he probably completes, uh, between 56 and 60% of his passes. He probably passes for 230 to 250 and, uh, probably one and one, a touchdown and interception. Yeah, probably sounds like a pretty safe bet. And um, I, I have the same. I have him at 250 yards, 
uh, touchdown and interception. And I do think you'll sneakily see him go for 30 rushing yards as it's part of the offense and he's seen it from Tyrod. So you might see him make a big run or two as he is pretty athletic and he is more, no one would know, but he's, he's fairly mobile for who he is. So um, similar to an Alex Smith type of mold, who will release the ball. He'll show some good things that, you know, the Bills fans will be encouraged at some point during this game, whether it's the second quarter or third quarter. It's like, okay, now I see why we moved. Um, and maybe he's not going to do enough to get it done as we've pretty much already said it's going to be a 20, 20 to 17 or 21, 20 game or something along those lines. And um, we'll see who has that final possession. It's going to be a good one, guys. Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, I'm Kevin Masseri, um, your, your host here. And, you know, as, as always give, give PFF a shout, um, you know, look at him, give us a three iTunes, um, give us a run on that. Um, and, you know, we really appreciate you guys tuning live. Once again, I'm Kevin Masseri. That's Stanley over there with Lockdown Chargers. Um, make sure you check out all of his additional work, not just when we're playing them. Go, go check them out, especially if they beat the Bills. And you still think the Bills have a playoff chance at this thing. Um, you're, you'll be tracking the Chargers now because they'll be four and six right in the thick of it. So thanks for coming on today. Um, we really appreciate it. And um, here's to a good game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's going to be an exciting Sunday. And, uh, and maybe we'll talk soon. Yeah, absolutely.